and welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and I'm flying solo on the intro and outro this week, but you will hear Jeff in our interview today with our very special guest, Wayman Singleton. Now, many of you know the name Wayman Singleton. He's actually been on the podcast before, and you may know him from his podcast, which he co-hosts with Brianna Williams, the Black and Animated Podcast, which we recommend all of you subscribe to on iTunes as well. He's also an accomplished storyboard artist, and he's done comics as well. So for all of you out there who are interested in the world of storyboarding and comics, this is the podcast for you, especially if you're interested in moving to L.A., because Wayman moved from out of state, so he has a lot of great tips and suggestions on how to make that journey as well. So without further ado, we're pleased to present episode 95, Interview with Wayman Singleton, part one. Ah, but wait, it's so great to have you here. I've been looking forward to this. I'm scared. <laughs> no, I'm oh, excited. Wow. <laughs> you are a Dare I say veteran now? What no? You and Bree, y'all have your own show. No, thank you. Yeah. You don't like being called a veteran. <laughs> Up and coming. Well, I feel like it's mislabeling because okay. I feel like I, I, we, we just started. So okay. I was like, well, wait, how what? Would, how would you like to describe? It? How would you um, describe? I think veterans good because you guys just finished season one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah. you've got all those episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. It feels like we just started yesterday, wow. which is why, like, it's kind of I don't know. It feels like we're still beginners. I, I feel like I have so many questions that I want to ask you guys. Oh you know? no, please do. Yeah. Like we we love answering questions and we love asking questions, but mm-hmm. I love you guys' show because. I mean, it's a great thing that you're doing, first off. You know, you're interviewing black professionals, which is amazing, which, you know, up until this moment, nobody's done that in podcast form for the animation industry. There are folks like Diverse Tunes and other really cool people, you know, that have done that in terms of panels, which is awesome, but Mm -hmm. not for a show in our industry. Mm -hmm. So that's really neat. So you've interviewed people that haven't been on a lot of the other shows mm-hmm. which is really good so you're giving everybody a platform and you guys are a lot of fun because i just finished listening to baby's kids which <laughs> i didn't realize how much of that movie i actually remembered oh really i haven't seen that movie since it came out in the theater oh wow that's when i, I saw it wow. seeing it with my dad and i'm listening to you guys show going oh yeah wow i didn't remember that was in that yeah that was kind of deep and it just went over my head completely yeah a lot of the stuff so you know you guys a good mix I, of fun just, and education all in there i'm very <laughs> curious about that experience like i don't know if you're like too young to remember like going to the theater no no because i was that movie came out when i what was it 92 yeah so i would have been about 11 Mm. when that movie came out and mm. i remember we were very excited because oh it's a movie with black people in it it's, yes. it's animation yeah and it's based on a comedian who i think my dad might have known who he was i obviously at being 11 I didn't makes know sense yeah <laughs> and i thought oh this will be so great and i remember watching the movie and liking it but also thinking it was a little weird mm-hmm. and i never really quite knew why until i listened to y'all's show and went oh yeah yeah there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot going in there yeah, did you ever see this movie? I haven't. I remember it, but yeah, I haven't seen it. We should watch it. It'd be very <laughs> interesting very, to watch it again. It's, a, it's an interesting ride. <laughs> yeah. No, but this will be this will be great because 
we've all been friends for a while, but there's all these things about you that we don't know. Yes, so today the, we secrets. Get to, the secrets. The secrets. Peel back the onion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wave singletons filled with layers. Yes. yes. All layers. Many layers. Many layers. Or maybe like layers. one layer. Many layers. <laughs> one layer groups. Yeah. No, it's many layers because, you know, you've got the art thing, you've got the podcast thing. We want to hear about, you know, how you came out here, all that stuff. Yeah. So many layers oh Absolutely. yeah i guess so like oh yeah i never <laughs> thought about that actually yeah that's why you're here so i know you're from new york so yeah. where in new york are you from i'm from bronx new york awesome yeah very good all right so growing up i know anime was a big influence oh, yeah. obviously and american Definitely. animation and comics and whatnot what were some of your favorite shows and artistic influences as a kid oh yeah well pretty much watch tv all the time <laughs> like I, I guess like many kids that go to anime or people that go to animation as kids they watch cartoons a lot and um let's see shows ooh like pokemon <laughs> mm-hmm. uh let's see i watch a lot of uh dragon tales roly polioli pb and j otter let's see can i just name every <laughs> let me start with playhouse disney then go into cartoon network and then Dune Disney and then Nickelodeon and Nick Jr. Like so many shows that I just like if it was on TV, I was definitely watching it. And when you were watching it, were you watching it with an eye toward I wanna do that. I wanna draw like that. I wanna make these things or were you just watching it because oh I like this? I definitely was watching it because I liked mm-hmm. <laughs> at a young age I wanted to be a button. <laughs> it's oh. like I was like, flowers are beautiful. I'm going to be a botanist. I think it was probably like third grade when I learned what a botanist was. So I was like, I'm going to go into botany. How did you learn about botany? I can't remember. I probably like found a book. I remember I had a book from the library that had different type of leaves and flowers and plants and just like how to identify them and stuff. Maybe in that book it said, this is what a botanist does or something. So I was like, I'm going to be a botanist. Like herbs are, herbs are cool. Herbs. Yeah. <laughs> herbs are cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Right. Yeah. Same here. I wanted to be a paleontologist, which Ooh. I also learned from a book. Yeah. Oh, there's a name for loving dinosaurs. Yeah. Paleontology. I'll just do that. I'll yeah. just dig up dinosaurs in Montana. That sounds oh great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely flip flopped between uh, career ideas as a kid like i think the big like ideal fantasy careers like astronaut is i mean is doable it's also like kind of like a fantasy career like astronaut or um the uh king of the castle i don't know <laughs> fantasy careers it's like i shall have my own <laughs> i was more interested in like uh oh i want to be a botanist that seems like it's easier to do <laughs> Than having, having a kingdom. The empire of Singleton. <laughs> the Singleton Empire. It was, it was for miles around. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's see. I wanted to be a botanist. Uh, I really wanted to be a uh, linguist. Like, I wanted to be a translator. And then I realized you'd have to learn <laughs> languages, so I didn't do that. <laughs> what drew you to that? Why, why did you think? I um, was very fascinated with the idea of just being able to communicate with whomever (laughs) like no matter what language they spoke like i'd be able to communicate with them so like i tried to learn sign language at a young age but that was i mean that fell through and i tried to learn um french at a young age and that kind of fell through but 
schools usually teach like Spanish or French. So I kind of like went the Spanish track and like uh, for most of my schooling went to Spanish as I guess my second language and barely <laughs> know much Spanish. But recently I've been trying to get back into learning French. So I guess it's still in me that I want to like be able to communicate with people. Like I'm still trying to learn languages. But um, as a kid, learning English is already a lot. So I was kind of like, mm, no, I, I think I won't do this as a career. <laughs> like I'm good. Like gram mm, the grammar, no. <laughs> like I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So then how did you realize, oh, you know what I really want to do? Animation that's the route for me yeah so um let's see let me think back into the <laughs> the, the days into the abyss of uh, chronology <laughs> i remember i drew a lot and let me see when did i start drawing uh in middle school i think was when i was drawing a lot more i have two nephews and they're both basically my age like one's a year younger than me one's a year older than me uh but my older nephew and we're basically brothers but he drew a lot all he did was draw all the time he started drawing before I started drawing and I think that kind of sparked my inspiration for drawing like just drawing in general so I think that's kind of where it uh, just sparked up and when I started drawing I made friends <laughs> at school because they would see me drawing and they'd be like, whoa, you could draw, draw me. And I was like, whoa, this is an instant friend maker. <laughs> so I'd like draw people and like start drawing more. And I think by uh, high school, I was trying to emulate comics, actually. By my freshman year, I wanted to get into comics because I started reading manga. <laughs> and um, I think when I was in freshman year, I think Death Note came out. And I was like, oh, I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw manga like Death Note. It's going to be so cool. So that's kind of when I started like really like thinking, oh, maybe I can do this as a career, like draw for a career because I, I see these comics and I'm like, oh, these are really cool. Like I want to do these. And... It wasn't till my junior year, really, where I was just like, oh, animation. <laughs> I watch these shows and people are making these shows that I'm watching. I can be those people. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't until my junior year that I really started thinking like, oh, I could do animation as a career instead of like doing comics and stuff. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the track, basically. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. We've, we've talked to a lot of people where there's always that recognition of, oh, these are people making this. Yeah. Show. It's not just living in its own world. It's, mm -hmm. oh, if they're doing this, they're a person. I'm a person. I could totally do this too. Mm -hmm. and, like, go forth from there. Yeah. Oh, and I do want to mention also, like, the internet. Sorry, I slapped my, my knee. But the internet <laughs> definitely was a huge, huge influence places like newgrounds.com like just growing in middle school like when I was in middle school animators were just like throwing crap <laughs> on newgrounds.com and like just crazy stuff awesome stuff like stuff you don't want to see at all but we looked at because I was a kid so I was watching it and that was also very inspiring because it was like oh this is terrible 
oh, maybe I could do this. Like, mm-hmm. oh, some of the stuff is like really bad, but they're doing it and they're slowly getting better at it. Maybe I can also slowly get better at it. So that was my thought process, I guess, in the indie mindset without really knowing what indie was. So, yeah. How did you find Newgrounds? Because you're not the first person, not on the podcast, but just first person that I've talked to here in town that Newgrounds was their start. Yeah. How did you even find out that that was a thing? How did I find Newgrounds? Because it just feels like Newgrounds, I don't know what the timeline for Newgrounds and YouTube or whatever is, but Newgrounds was definitely like the first place on which I found like video content and like, I don't know, really cool content and stuff. I probably found it from my older nephew. (laughs) Like, he probably showed me a video or something. Or maybe it was a classmate. Definitely word of mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. All right, so you're on the animation track. You realize, I want to do this. Yeah. How then did you decide to go to Savannah College of Art and Design? Yeah, so in my last three years of high school, I actually went to high school in South Carolina. Though I'm from New York originally, like, um... I basically went to high school in New York my freshman year and then moved to South Carolina. And in South Carolina, or near South Carolina, about 30 minutes away from where I was going to school in Beaufort, South Carolina, is Savannah, Georgia. Oh. Yeah. So, let's see. How many schools did I... I think SCAD was pretty much the only school I applied to. And the reason I found out about SCAD was because a cousin of mine was getting college manual books from a bunch of different colleges and i saw scad and i was like oh what's this one a art school (laughs) oh and i applied for like a i think it's called rising star program uh with them where in which when you're junior you can take summer classes at scad to kind of like get used to the curriculum or like see if you actually want to go and I did not get into that, <laughs> but they offered me a scholarship to actually go. And at that point, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just go here. It's 30 minutes away, and I already got accepted. So I, I didn't look at any other schools. I didn't even realize there were other, like, art schools really until my first year where people were like, oh, man, like, I'm thinking about transferring to, like, RISD or CalArts. And I was like, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. I probably should have did more research. You got a scholarship, though. That's really good. Yeah. Art school is, no joke, art school is expensive. It so is really expensive. That's yeah. But even with the scholarship, it's, I still have a lot of debt. Oh, we all yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> we understand the pain. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I found SCAD. All right. Mm-hmm. So you went to SCAD, got in, got your scholarship, you're working really hard, you're doing animation. Yeah. Getting everything together. Draw, draw, draw. What happened next? <laughs> so, let's see. After... Oh, actually, you know what I should do? Let me, sorry about that. Let me ask you this because a lot of our listeners are about to go to college. Ooh. So I don't want to pass this opportunity up. How did you format your portfolio so that you could get into SCAD and get a scholarship? Like, what recommendations do you have for people that are about to go into college? Oh, man. Let's see. I definitely feel like, I mean, looking back at my portfolio for entering SCAD, so many things I would have done differently. (laughs) It's important to have things like life drawing or 
oh yeah, what are you, still life. <laughs> I almost forgot what still life was. Still life, where you're just like drawing like a bottle or a couch or just something that's standing still and then draw something that is anatomical, like a figure drawing. I did not have a lot of that in my portfolio. And I feel like if I had demonstrated more uh, like, I guess, drawing progress in that in those like more academic areas, then I probably would have gotten more of a scholarship. But my portfolio is a lot more imaginative or like just a lot of um, fun drawings like, oh, look, this is a doodle of a zombie I did. And here's a drawing of my friends I did, which is I feel like things like that like helped my portfolio a little bit more like it was more life study. Okay, that's great. And then also while you're in school or was it while you're in school or was it when you graduated that you started getting internships? It was after I graduated. Okay. I wish, (laughs) I wish that's a good point. Like apply for internships (laughs) while you're in school. I wouldn't apply to as many as I should have. And that was because I was fearful and thought that I couldn't get them. So I was like, "Ah, I want to, I'll wait. And I wish I applied for more or like put myself out there more. So that's something (laughs) I would advise. That's that's good to know because that's. That is not an uncommon fear, yeah, especially yeah. when you're around, when you're around all your classmates and you're seeing their level. Yeah. And then you go online and you see that level and you just go, oh shoot, there's so much out there. And then sometimes you might look at your own work and go, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Just no matter what level it. you feel like you're at, just mm-hmm. apply, do it. You're a student and you're looking for an internship. The point of it is to learn. So just put yourself out there so you can learn more. Absolutely. But Mm -hmm. you got internships after school. So let's talk about that. How did you get those internships? So I guess six months after I graduated, I kind of just waited the summer, kind of just like chilled. (laughs) Because I was like, I just graduated. I'm going to go to sleep for a summer. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sorry, I just remember there's... SCAD, a lot of the students at SCAD, the anagram for it is say on the College of Art and Design. A lot of people know it as sleep comes after death. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was that was kinda like the motto a little bit. So after after SCAD I was kinda like, time to sleep. <laughs> I shall take this opportunity. So as I slept, I was like applying for things, applying for things, wasn't getting anything. So I was like I contacted family that was in New York because I figured I'm from New York originally. So I kind of know the terrain and yeah, and I know a lot more people there. So I'll go there because it was with animation. There's not a lot of like, there's LA, then there's New York. And then I think Texas is like buzzing up more with... It's starting to. Yeah, starting to buzz up more. Portland, Oregon has some things, but with cartoon animation, it was kind of like LA number one or like New York so I was like ah, I know New York so I'll go to New York and I kind of just stayed with an aunt of mine and I started applying just applying everywhere to fashion boutiques makeup boutiques just to get a job in general because you need money to live in New York or anywhere I guess but uh, New York City is expensive (laughs) and I for about a couple months I would just apply online apply online but then finally I was like you know what I'm not getting anything 
I'm just gonna start calling people. <laughs> I'm just gonna start cold calling people. And I kind of went, got through like three studios, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. This is too, this is too much for my heart. <laughs> but the third studio I called was a studio called Augenblick Studios in Brooklyn, New York, and I got in contact with Chris Wallinger there, and. I basically like gave him my spiel and he was like, okay, just uh, email us and we'll see what we can do. And I was like, okay, fine. And hung up, gave up on cold calling forever, <laughs> emailed him. <laughs> and after a couple of days, got email back offering an interview for an internship. And I was like, whoa, uh, something's happening. <laughs> oh, no. oh my God. And in New York, when it comes to animation, there's no guild. I, I guess I'm going to start this. <laughs> this is the beginning of my career with that. So a lot of the rules that are out here about paying interns or interns having to be in school while they're interning kind of get looked over a little bit. So though I was outside of the school system, I got the internship at Augenblick with a lot of convincing too. I think during the interview process, I kind of was had to convince like, I'm not in school, but I'll be able to pay for myself. It was an unpaid internship. So I was like, I'll be able to pay myself for myself to like come to the studio and like, I'll be able to work. So they agreed. And I got, I think I had to come into studio about two days in the week. So it was like very minimal hours, basically. I think because legally, like, other than like guild stuff, you have a certain amount of hours before it's like you have to pay this person or they have to be like getting school credit or something. So I got two days for the internship. And at the same time, I was freelance graphic designing for a uh, mobile game studio. Oh, great. Yeah. So I was able to like uh, make some money on the side while interning and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So what did you do during your internship? What were some of your jobs? Ooh, yeah, let me think back. <laughs> so while I was interning at Augenblick, they were working on a Fox ADHD show called Golan the Insatiable. So during my internship, and like I said <laughs> before about guild things, <laughs> I'm pretty sure interns aren't allowed to do art things. <laughs> but at Augenblick, I was allowed to do art things, but it was very minimal art things. So as an intern... I was on kind of like grunt work animation duty stuff. So I did a lot of inking or cleanup animation of things that nobody really wanted to do. Like I remember there was a scene where a window explosion happened. So I had to like clean up all the shards of the oh, window yeah. glass. And it was basically things like that. Flash or Toon It was Flash. Okay. Yeah. Augenblick is uh, primarily Flash studio. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, did you know where you wanted to go in animation? Were you like, I want to be a board artist? Mm. You know, I want to do character design, story? Like, when you went into the studio, did you know that yet? I think when I, uh, like, to step back, like, a couple of steps, like, uh, in college, I was very much, my head was in the game of character design and visual development. I wanted to do character design to visual development. No one can tell me nothing. <laughs> I was like, character design, visual development, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, that's me. And gosh, I even remember 
at one point, a professor of mine, we had like mock portfolio interview things happening. And he looked through my portfolio and he told me, hey, your portfolio looks like it would be a little more suited for a storyboarding. <laughs> like maybe you should do storyboarding. And I was like, that sounds like good advice, but that ain't me. <laughs> I'm obviously a character designer, visual development artist. And I feel like a lot of people <laughs> tend oh, to go the route of, that I like to draw character design and visual development artists. School in my school. Yeah. <laughs> Out of hundreds of people, I knew 12 that wanted to do boards. <laughs> and everyone else wanted to do this dev. Mm. But it's interesting because in college, they don't quite break down what VizDev actually is. Mm. You don't actually learn that till you're in a studio, then you realize, oh, as a VizDev artist at a major studio, I'm not doing backgrounds, characters, and props, and painting all of them. No, those mm -hmm. are all a separate job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so I, I think after graduating, I don't know, at some point during the summer, I was kind of like, all right, harsh reality, this is the real world. I'm not gonna get a character design and visual development job. Like, look at my portfolio. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna get something like maybe small things, but it's not gonna be the things that I want to get. So I was like, okay, I can animate. So I'll push animation. So when I went to New York, I was pushing animation. I was like, I can animate. I'm an animator. And in New York, there's a really well-involved indie animation scene. So when I first started working at Augenblick, it kind of like sparked the indie animator in me. I was like, indie animation, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an indie animator, indie animation all the way. Festivals, festivals, <laughs> indie animation. So that's basically where my head was uh, when I was working at Augenblick. I was like, I'm just going to animate. I'm an animator. Yeah. I have two questions cool. about this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I want to get back to this real quick. Did you want to do television or film, or did it not matter as far as character and vis dev? Because those are different things. A lot Very of different. Don't know yeah, I wanted to do. School. I wanted to do TV. Okay. Yeah, my head was always in the TV game, even through college. When I first went into college, my mindset was, I want to work in preschool animation. Like that's exactly what I want to do, and which is what I'm doing now. <laughs> so I'm kind of happy about that. But I was like, preschool animation, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And yeah, so I was, TV animation was definitely like where I wanted to be. The indie animation scene, were you a part of, back when I was there, like Asifa East Ooh, was yeah. huge. And women mm -hmm. in animation was huge. And there Ooh. were tons of festivals where people were getting together all the time yeah. and going to light drawing. Were you involved? I was involved in Asifa East, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yep, definitely Asifa East. Looking back, like, I wish I went to more things with, uh, like, just, they usually had events and, like, their fests, and I kind of wish I went to more of that, but I went to as much as I could. <laughs> but, yeah, Asifa East, I was a part of that. Yeah, because I remember mm -hmm. that being really fun. That, honestly, was my first exposure to indie animation. Oh, yeah? Because I didn't, before everything was Disney. Yeah. It was all Disney. Mm -hmm. And then later it was all Pixar and then DreamWorks. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to New York, it's like... Or you could do this thing over here. <laughs> what is that? You know, I remember watching one video. It was just a bunch of squiggly lines and different colors. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know what this is. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love that. That, ah, man, like experimental animation, which I haven't really done a lot of. But, like, stuff like that I, I loved. 
just seeing like even through school so i think that like because that was a piece of my inspirational thought process when it came to even my character design i'd be like oh my lines are gonna be crazy like an experimental film (laughs) like i try to approach things in a crazy wiggly fashion i don't know so yeah when i realized oh indie animation yeah i i'm gonna do that i definitely like was pushing that and I became a part of the CFA East, went to events. My coworkers, they most of, I feel like most of my coworkers went to SVA, uh, School of Visual Arts in New York. So they also had like connections within the like I guess New York animation scene. So I'd follow them to events and screenings. And Tim Mouse always had their five second day screenings like every year. So I'd go to those. Yeah. India animation scene. That's good. No, mm-hmm. that's, that's important. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you still follow indie animation? Not as much. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't want to, but I don't know. Like, things have just slightly shifted since I've moved to L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, it's still here. It's just since all the major studios are mm-hmm. here. Yeah, it's not as prominent. It, it's not. Because yeah. it's like, you know, you could do this or you could just go to this big thing happening over here, too. So Yeah, New York. Yeah kind of felt like like being an animator in new york felt like friends <laughs> like it was kind of like these you know, these kids are struggling like struggling <laughs> to make life work but we're sticking it through together yeah. and it kind of felt like that in like new york animation scene it's kind of just like oh we're trying to find animation jobs but we're still doing our own indie projects on the side and we're showing it to each other. We're showing and we're screening them at little small cool indie fests. And yeah. We're surviving. <laughs> I'm imagining like the musical Rent. Like it's just, <laughs> just a bunch of indie yes. artists living in a building. They're gonna sell out. You know? That's not too far off. <laughs> yeah, I remember people just being like. You know, because I'd ask people, oh, would you ever want to work for a larger studio? Would you ever want to move out to California or Canada? No, why would you ever want to do that? <laughs> what a terrible suggestion. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Never mind then. I'll just stick with indie. Mm-hmm. I had a question too about the mobile game studio you were working at. So you were doing freelance on the side, also earning money, which mm-hmm. was great. How did you get your freelance jobs? Was that from applying online? Was that from networking with people? Did they find you? That was, okay, so feel like what I'm about to say, I probably shouldn't advise you do. <laughs> I didn't murder anyone. <laughs> okay. But. It's Highlander. There can only be one. There was one animator there and you cut off his head. So for the mobile game studio specifically, what I did was uh, they had a position online that they were looking for. So I applied to it, whatever. A couple weeks went by and it like got taken down. So I was like. Okay, I guess uh, I didn't get that job. But then I got the idea, oh, they're in Manhattan, and I live in Brooklyn. I could take the train to Manhattan and walk up to the door and ask if they have any jobs. And that is what I did. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> okay. I'm, I thought you were going to say something. I murdered you. someone. <laughs> not murder, but I was wondering where the story was I, going. I feel like I, I, I say not to do that only because... That gave me more fear than cold calling people. <laughs> I was terrified and I was like, no, I have to have a job. And I hear horror stories where like people like go up to studios and then they're just like, oh, what do you like? No. And 
other great stories <laughs> where people go up to the city and kind of just like, oh, I want a job. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, come on in. Maybe we got something for you. And that's kind of what happened to me at this game studio. It was like I can't went up and I was kind of like, I applied online <laughs> and I was wondering if you had a job illustrator. It was like for, a, I guess, graphic design illustrator position. And you're like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, come on in and take a look around the studio. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring a portfolio? Like, Did, like I your even, drawings? I or... don't know. Oh, I cannot geez. remember. <laughs> I, I probably, I most likely did. This, that sounds like, a, I mean, I, it would have been crazy of me not to. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't know if I should advise people do this, but... If Angela says, okay, maybe yeah, it's and okay. if it worked for you, it's it's okay. Okay. Well, well, now I feel a little more vindicated because you said it was okay. No, no, yeah, no. Well, it's funny because not for animation, but I've done the same thing and ah. gotten jobs that way. But this is for this is for retail. So every Christmas, ah, yeah. I always had a retail job, mm -hmm. and I would apply online, mm -hmm. but I would start early. So I would apply for the Christmas jobs in yeah. October. And I'd apply online and then I'd go to the store and I'd ask to talk to a manager and I would say, hi, my name is Angela. I applied online for a Christmas job. And several times they went, oh, okay, great. Come to the back. And then I just fill out the paperwork and get a job. Oh, nice. Like they wouldn't even look up the online application and be like, oh, well, yeah, come on in. That's happened a couple of times. Yeah. So, and I've also cold called people. Yeah. And gotten jobs. Yeah. So... And I've also applied online. Yeah. I've also gotten jobs. There's no one way. Yeah, I guess right, the of, right. Uh, sorry, there's yeah, no one way. As long as it's legal, you're not being a creep. Yeah. There is real. And I For think of Kaylin's story that yeah. you guys had. A oh, yeah, exactly. Well, he was just hanging yeah. out. And exactly. I was like, hoping maybe someone would just let him in the door. Yeah. And they ended up getting a tour of the studio. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, exactly. Like, things, <laughs> it, it happens. And I guess, like, when I think about it in the creative sense maybe i think oh this is too creepy but like as soon as you said retail i was like oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> oh that totally makes sense so i'm like oh yeah for retail i've gotten retail jobs and art gallery jobs i got a really good art gallery job in houston because i, I got the art we had an art gallery directory mm -hmm. and there were 30 places and i called all 30 yeah and i think number like 18 or something was the one where i got hired at oh wow and then i went in and i told them what i could do for them and they went oh, okay great yeah Work, you know awesome so yeah. well, whatever you have to do to get work whatever you have to do <laughs> prefaces as long as it's honest oh yes and good and you can show that you'd be a good employee right don't do anything drastic drastic mm -hmm. kind of nutty you know be mm -hmm. professional yeah <laughs> yeah so um yeah that's basically how i got the graphic design uh, illustrator freelance Excellent. yeah what kind of stuff were you drawing there like it was a lot of, what do you call it, like the UX user interface? There we go, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, it's kind like of like UI? Yeah, design? it was like UI design and like a little bit of like, I guess it was mostly UI design, like putting like slight that mostly promotional art design. So like the graphics that would be up in like the iTunes store, the Google Play store, mm -hmm. uh, I was like designing images for those for their Play store applications so is that like illustrator or photoshop, photoshop. yeah mm. i think a mix of both but mostly photoshop mm. yeah and oh man there's there was a like a slight switch in what they were giving me as freelance and i don't remember what the 
connection or how it happened. But at some point, I started like animating their trailers oh, <laughs> for nice, like their promotional nice. things on like the Google Play. Maybe like they're just like, "Hey, you have animation in your resume? Can you do this?" And I'm like, Psh, uh, "Yeah, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, totally." So I started like uh, doing like freelance animation for them, uh, which is really cool. So yeah, doing all that while interning at Audible. And how long were you an intern? I was an intern for, let's see, this was, what year was this? Maybe it was 2014 or 15. Okay, yeah, I was in for an intern for about three months, mm-hmm. about three months. And after three months, I think technically or legally, an internship is supposed to last three months if it's unpaid. But, you know, they wanted to keep me on longer, but I was like... I kind of need money. <laughs> this is great. But also, I need to pay things, pay for food and living and stuff. So I ended up getting a internship at a uh, motion design studio that was like right down the street from Augenblick. Uh, literally right down the street. So I still had lunch with my friends. <laughs> it was a animation graphic design internship. Okay. So then you're working in New York, mm-hmm. doing internships. You're doing animation, doing graphic design. Yeah. <laughs> How did you decide that I want to go to L.A.? How did Ooh. that happen? Because it sounded like things were, you know, starting to get going and you were meeting people and going to different events. Yeah. So I think there was something within me, actually, like even before I moved to New York, that thought I'd like to eventually move out to L.A., But like I said earlier, New York was more familiar to me. So I was like, all right, I'll move to New York. And as an added bonus, what I did not say earlier was growing up in New York, I hated growing up in New York. Oh. Like, I really did not like growing up in New York at all. And I mean, I, you know, it it wasn't like a terrible time growing up, but I always wanted to move to South Carolina because it just felt like this it was a very (laughs) idyllic place for me as a kid because we would go during the summer and there was grass and trees and birds singing and you could smell the scent in the air was fresh and it felt like a dream to be there so I always wanted to leave New York and go to South Carolina because it was yeah it's beautiful and wonderful <laughs> there's not fresh smells in new york no there's there? some, there's some fresh uh <laughs> s- there's fresh stinks I'm there's, <laughs> there's there's some fresh stinks in new york <laughs> we have yeah <laughs> they're they're, they're, they're yeah there's not something that i about. like i feel like people outside of new york might have like that opposite thing where there's like oh my town is so dreary and even when, i think even when i moved to like South Carolina to be for like I, some of my high school colleagues. I don't know what that's called. Um, they would be like, oh, why'd you move here? Like, this place is so boring. Like, New York is, is popping. It's awesome. Like, I would rather be there. And I just felt the opposite. I was like, oh, this place is quiet. <laughs> I could think. <laughs> so when I made the decision to move back to New York, it was, I was like, you know what? I haven't been to in New York in a while. Maybe I won't hate it. <laughs> Maybe this will be great. And for a while it was, but slowly I started to like get the same feelings that I had when I was a kid growing up. Like, oh, this is, I just feel stressed 
all the time. And now that I'm an adult, it's double that stress. I just feel stressed all the time. And I don't like getting on the subway and I don't like getting off the subway and I don't like uh, walking down these streets or seeing these buildings like all the up in the air and I don't like tripping on trash. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I slowly kind of like it just kind of knocked on me and knocked on me slowly and slowly. To I, I thought, OK, maybe at some point I could move out to it. And even I had friends that were out here from school. They were like, well, you should move out to L.A. There's more opportunities for animation in LA and I thought oh that's just so far away like how could I do that it's on the opposite side of the country all my family's on the east coast like this is impossible (laughs) so after I I guess this is slowly will roll to how I decided to move out to LA after my internship at the uh, motion media company studio i got offered a production assistant position at augenblick and i was like oh yes definitely i want to come back to cartoons cartoons please so i was working as a production assistant and also i realized like production assistant that's what recruiters like to see on resumes for like if you want to do different jobs in animation like oh i can i can use this opportunity if i want to like move to la in the future so i got that production assistant position which uh, <laughs> I laugh because, like I said earlier, uh, New York doesn't have a guild, so a production assistant in New York could do a lot of different things in the art side <laughs> of uh, animation. So I got the opportunity to like dip my hands in basically each part of production. Like I was doing producer type stuff with like Excel sheets and like making sure things were like. I don't know what lined up. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> and I think did things like a character design cleanup, like cleaning up the character design's work um, in Flash so they can like be used as puppets later on. So like, like character layout stuff. And also doing storyboard revisions. I was doing storyboard revisions and doing cleanup animation. Like I was kind of like just wherever people needed a little pick-me-up, I was like basically helping out. And because of that, I got the opportunity to kind of like really figure out what I wanted to do because I was like in each little pot. And I think that was the point where I realized I could really be an animator because I could do everything. Ah, But I also realized storyboarding felt right to me. Like I can, you have a little bit more, I guess, like you're kind of animating, but you're not. And you're kind of storyboard, or you're kind of character designing, but you're not like you're getting to draw characters, and you're basically doodling, <laughs> which is something I can't help but do. Which is something my professor saw in my portfolio in that mock interview I mentioned earlier. Like I just sketch a lot, so I think at that point it kind of dawned on me that storyboarding might be the way to go. And after that production assistant job. I think Agablick was ramping up for a uh, feature film. They were trying to get a feature film off the ground. So I was hoping to like, oh, get uh, some type of position on that feature film. But it kind of got delayed. I guess films are difficult to get funded, so they, they got delayed. So I had to get a job. And I got a job working at a publishing company doing animation. And basically... In this position, 
I was creating animated shorts for their children's books just to like promote online. So in that position, I was able to be a lot more, I guess, directorial. Like I made the decisions on like what was going to be in the short. I had to storyboard them out and then animate them and then get them approved. And then like, you know, that all that jazz. And at that point, I think is when I, when I was working in that publishing position, I was convinced that if I wanted to work in cartoons, I had to be in LA because if I'm in New York, things like being delayed on a project or not having another project lined up is just going to keep happening so that I'm going to have to find other ways to pay for my living expenses. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to work in animation, not, I guess, work around animation, which is kind of what the indie animator lifestyle is a little bit. It's like you're kind of working around animation. And and yeah, so in this publishing job, that's when I made that decision to, I had to come out here. How did you find that job with the publishing company? I was recommended by a friend, actually. I was about to lose, not lose, but my contract with the production assistant job was slowly coming to an end. And uh, a friend of mine from college contacted me. Like, I didn't reach out to anyone about my job ending. And they were like, hey, are you available to work? Like, this is the company's looking for an uh, animator. And I was like, sweet, I'll do this. <laughs> awesome. Like, well, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am looking for a yes. And that job was full-time, a nine-to-five, and it had benefits. <laughs> and I was like what i'm taking this job <laughs> benefits health what health insurance <laughs> a regular schedule i can yeah a regular schedule i can go to a doctor yeah. definitely taking this job and though i had a lot of fun at that job that is where i was kind of like this isn't what i want to do i want to work with on cartoons and at the same time i was listening to podcasts like yours the animated journey and chris's podcast the the animation network just listening to everyone's stories and like getting inspired and revved up like oh i could do okay i could do this like people have done this and i could be a people too (laughs) i could be a people (laughs) people do this i could be a people so i was just like slowly getting inspired inspired and more inspired but then at some point listening this is uh, it might sound bad but i think listening to the podcast made me feel devastated oh no why is that because i felt like i was stuck i felt like i was just i was stuck working at this publishing gig and i felt like this is not in my reach like i can't do this like i and so many people are doing it but i can't (laughs) It just made me feel bad listening to, like, the podcasts at some point. But, let's see, I think during that time, Chris started, or, like, he announced that he was doing mentorships. And I think I didn't immediately go, like, oh, should I, I was thinking about, like, oh, maybe I'll do this mentorship. It was a little expensive. And um, I was like, I don't know, uh, the last time I took an online class and it wasn't really that great. So I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know. And then 
I thought, you know what, I'll just apply and see what happens. I don't know what I, I just, whatever. And the day, I think the day after I applied, I got into a bike accident. Oh. And I dislocated my drawing arm. Oh, no. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we have fragile bodies. I'm not going to live forever. Why am I doing something I don't want to do? <laughs> I should be doing what I want to do. <laughs> I want to work in animation. I'm going to be a storyboard artist. I'm going to cut the bullcrap <laughs> and like just do it. So I dislocated my drawing arm and then like I got accepted into the mentorship and I was like, okay, I'm going to work as hard as I can to like build up my portfolio. Like my arm eventually healed and I was like, I got to do this. This is, this is what I have to do it because otherwise... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. I I don't know. So, yeah. And finished the, the mentorship and learned so much and uh, was able to pump up my portfolio. And, wow, when, when was that? That was, like, uh, <laughs> summer... 2016. 2016. 2016. Oh, okay. <laughs> summer 2016, yeah. So, Chris from mentorship finished that in 2016 and was still like all right if I'm gonna move I gotta save I mean first I'm thinking this like throughout like I have to save up so um, I'm saving up and I'm not exactly sure when I should move and stuff like that but saving up saving up working on my portfolio working on my portfolio and let's see and I started listening back to podcasts, being inspired again. Like, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. This is awesome. Everybody's working. Everybody's cool. <laughs> but at some point, like, during the winter, I got, like, a little bit like, oh, I don't know what I should do again. Like, seasonal seasonal affective disorders kicked in. I was like, oh, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Like, is this the right thing? And I remember uh, I went back to South Carolina for my birthday and like I talked to my dad about it. I know he didn't want me to move out here, but he's like, you know what? If that's what you need to do, then you know, just do it and ask God to protect you and I'll be praying for you. And you just just as long as you believe in God and like just believe in yourself and you will be able to do it. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna do it then. <laughs> and when I got back from South Carolina to my job, I basically sat down with my boss and was like, uh, listen, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna move. <laughs> and I don't know exactly when, but it's gonna happen this year. So I am gonna move. <laughs> and I just let them know I was planning on moving to LA and they knew that animation, like cartoon animation was what I wanted to do. So my boss was very, very understanding. And also at that point, I think I was slowly stopping doing animation for online content for them and started like doing more illustration for their books. So like around the January, February, March time, I was doing more freelance work from home because I have Photoshop at home. So I was like, okay, I could just draw from home. Uh, so from January to March, I was kind of making a children's book, like doing concept art and then like uh, illustrating the book. And in March, that was when I was like mostly doing stuff from home. So I 
thought like, hey, since I can do a lot of this work from home, if I move to LA, I can still do this work in LA. So I was kind of thinking I can freelance in LA, still get money to be able to pay for things and stuff like that. They agreed that it's been working out so far, so that would be a good plan. And I think in March, I also, did I, I can't remember if I came out to visit, it was 2017. I remember you came by Nick. Yeah. You came by Nick and you came by the gallery because you were at the gallery show. Yeah, that was in May. Because yeah, I, I, like, I think it was around Cinco de Mayo, maybe. Yeah, well, it's funny because you were walking around the hall with Jordan. And I'm yeah. like, wait. Yeah. I know you. <laughs> and I know, yeah, that? I heard your voice. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's Angela. <laughs> 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 Animated Judy. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> you, had, you had your name tag. You had Wade, like a little Australian. Yeah. I'm like, wait, I know you from Twitter. Hi. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. She knows me. <laughs> People can know each other from online. <laughs> <laughs> I was like one of my first experiences like with that happening so I was like whoa oh my gosh you know me oh, I know you I know your voice <laughs> so <laughs> that was the first time we met yeah that was fun it yeah was nice meeting you. yeah and that was when I was like starting to I think that was when I was starting to look for a place to live like I came out like the first week in May just looking for a place to live because I, I think by the end of April I was no longer working full-time, so I had more time to look for an apartment. And yeah, came out here, looked for an apartment. Literally like the last day I found an apartment. That's that was in my price works. range. <laughs> it was in my price range, so I was like, all right, I'm taking it. This is mine. I'm keeping it. And I went back to New York, and uh, my lease started in June, and or it started in May, I think. But I went back to New York so I can like, you know, move, <laughs> actually move. I had a really expensive three bedroom apartment with two other roommates that I had to like just deal with basically. So I, yeah, just got rid of most of my stuff and got everything that I wanted to keep. And I got on a plane and moved out here June 12th of 2017. Wow. Yeah. With stars in my eyes. <laughs> for the potential future of uh, storyboard opportunities <laughs> yeah oh, and a little buffer of saved money because i was like okay i'm probably not gonna find a job and uh like you know super quick and if i don't then i could just i don't know i'll find some type of like maybe a retail position or something just so i can like keep going or anything i'll do anything at this point i just want to like work in animation i'll just try and yeah let's see it was like the entire summer i didn't find anything and i started getting into the red zone where i was like oh okay i guess i should probably <laughs> look for other ways of like making money but then mid-august i think a friend had recommended to me a job at oddbot and she said oh oddbot's looking for a storyboard artist and you should apply and i was like Okay, I guess. Like, I don't, I'm probably not. I'm so used to rejection at this point. I'm just gonna get rejected. So I'll just be like, okay, here's here it is. Here's my application. All right, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, and then um, I got an interview, and then I was like, okay, whatever. Interview that doesn't mean anything. I probably won't get it. And let's see, I had the interview for storyboard position, but 
I didn't have a lot of, what do you call it, experience <laughs> actually storyboarding. I had some experience like storyboard revision in this thing and a decent portfolio, but I didn't have the actual storyboard artist experience. So the director there, Chris Hamilton, shout out to him. I uh, love you very much for giving me the chance. He gave me the position uh, thumbnail artist. So I started out as, at Oddbot as a thumbnail artist, which basically means I was uh, thumbnailing out the storyboard in order for the directors to like see where the, uh, the episode is going and then hand it off to the storyboard artist who would clean up the boards, like punch it up, uh, make it better basically, and like show it to the directors again, and then they would go and clean it up. But basically I was in the thumbnail position. And yeah, that's how I started. I started out as a thumbnail artist and he gave me like a two week like test period. Like, all right, we'll test you out for two weeks and see how you do okay I guess maybe I can do this and like after two weeks no one said anything so I was like okay maybe if I don't say anything I can keep this job <laughs> so just I was like, gonna All right. keep working I was keep coming keep to the desk working. no one said I'm terrible so I'm just gonna keep working <laughs> and that kept working out and how I got to be a storyboard artist was um, one of the storyboard artists uh, had to leave the position that they were in. So we, there was another thumbnail artist besides me. So it was two thumbnail artists. So he left an episode that was like unfinished, like just not ready at all. So me and that storyboard or me and that thumbnail artist kind of just like tag teamed the episode and like got it done basically. And then at that point, they were like, okay, we haven't hired a storyboard artist to replace him yet. Uh, wait a minute, can you just get this next episode? And just you, like, oh, yeah, I think the thing was I thumbnailed the next episode he was supposed to do. So they were like, all right, just go into storyboards and just uh, storyboard it out. And uh, hopefully we'll find someone, like, soon. So I was like, okay, cool. And I sorted of that episode. And they still hadn't found anyone, so I... I storyboard the next episode i think the next episode was also an episode i thumbnailed and then the next episode was not an episode i thumbnailed and i was kind of like wait am i a storyboard artist <laughs> what's what's happening i didn't know i didn't thumbnail this episode so i was kind of like halfway through storyboard the episode and i went up to production the coordinator i was kind of like so are you guys looking for a storyboard artist still <laughs> they're like what no <laughs> what are you talking about what are you doing it? and i was like oh okay just yeah just, just want, want to make sure. sure so that was kind of like like all right i just slowly slipped into position I'm like oh all right cool <laughs> so it's kind of like a lucky break oh, basically gosh. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, was there ever a official? There was like, never. Okay, no, yeah, I was no like, storyboard no, no, artist. No, like, literally, I was just like, I was just like, still, I was just like, okay, because like thumbnail, thumbnail artist was still technically storyboard artist. It was just like, you're just doing the thumbnails of the storyboard, so it was technically still the same. Mm -hmm. So basically, I was kind of just like, I guess I'm doing this now. Like literally, no, I was just like, 
you're a storyboarder. So now nobody, like, nobody brought you into their office. Yeah, no, no it was just like, hey, <laughs> we're gonna make you, we're gonna let you do storyboards from now on. And like it was kind of just like eased into it. That's yeah. Are you allowed to say what show you're working on? I can say it was for Nick Jr. Okay. <laughs> That's all I can say right all now. Right, no yeah. Wow. That's interesting because you've mentioned thumbnail artists before. To my knowledge, I've never heard of that being a specific job. Mm -hmm. Every other studio I've ever been at or friends have been at, it's always been the board artist has also done their own thing. Yeah. So that's really interesting that, that they divide that out. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's more of a thing in smaller studios, I'm guessing, because at Ogneblick, it was very much, there was a thumbnail artist and then a storyboard artist. Mm, okay. So I was kind of used to I was like, okay, whatever. But then whenever I, I talked to people, they were like, what's a Position. I was like, wait, what? Is that not normal? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I would say it's not that it's not normal. It's just, it's not usual. It's not usual. It's not yeah. usual for most of the bigger studios. And since most people we know out here work for the bigger studios, mm. you're the first thumbnail artist that we've met. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's how it is in storyboards. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's impressive that, I mean... I know it took you a while to get out here, but hearing the story, it's a lot shorter when you look back. Yeah. But when you're go whenever you're going through it, it's always this is taking forever. Yeah. I don't know how long this will take. Yeah. Everyone else is going and doing amazing things yeah. while I'm here at whatever job this is in whatever state. And then when you get it, it's always oh. Oh, now I'm here. Oh, shoot. Now I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Expecting me to do, do a really good joke. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> all right, I have to, like, bump it up. I have to do, gotta go crazy. <laughs> I gotta do this. I gotta do this right. Like, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. And I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And it's like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. How does, yeah. how does this happen? I'm dreaming. I must be dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that concludes today's interview. Special thanks to Wayman for being a wonderful guest. And you'll hear part two of our interview with Way in next week's podcast. If you've enjoyed today's interview, please make sure to leave a positive review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And we sincerely appreciate all of the positive reviews that we've received. You can also donate to the podcast by visiting our website, www.theanimatedjourney.com and leaving a PayPal donation. All of your donations help to pay for the technical costs associated with running the podcast. And again, thank you to everyone who has donated. And to see what else is going on in the world of animation, you can visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash theanimatedjourney. On Tumblr, the site is theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com and on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at AnimJourney. And to see what Jeff has been up to, you can visit his website, www.jeffbot.com. That's J-E-F-B-O-T dot com. On Tumblr, the handle is at JeffBot. On Twitter, the handle is at JeffBot. And on Instagram, the handle is at Shootsy. And that's S-H-O-O-T-Z-E-E. -E. And to see what I've been up to lately, you can visit my website, www.sketchysoul.com. On Tumblr, the handle is at SketchySoul. And on Instagram, the handle is at SketchySoul. Tune in next time for part two of our interview with Wei. And until then, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody.